so here I am in my pirate ship, waiting on some questions from you guys. Sorry it didn't work out like it normally does, where uh, Kath would be able to do an interview side by side. My Facebook situation is a little weird, a little tricky. We're going to try to work that out in the future so that we can do side by side. Instead, what we'd like for you to do, if you would, is to post your questions. So just type them in as comments, and I should be able to see them on the right-hand side. So if you don't know who I am, my name is Kenny, and I'm Kenny the Pirate of KennyThePirate.com, CharacterLocator.com, MouseClassTravel.com, and whatever other .com I might come, in, come up with tomorrow. So uh, that's kind of the outline of uh, who I am. I live in Orlando, uh, or in the Orlando area. Hi, Linz. And uh, I actually had the opportunity to recently visit Southern England. had a great time while I was there with my daughter. We went all across the southern part and didn't get a chance to go up north, so I have to come back another time. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> so that's kind of a little bit of the background. My, uh, let's see, I have to read the comments, sorry. Uh, sorry for the technical stuff. Yeah, that's. I, I apologize. The technical issue is totally on my end. And anytime I have an opportunity to be invited back, if I get to, then I'll make sure that those issues are resolved for the future so we won't have them again. But thank you so much for having me here, and I look forward to answering your questions. So I will give you a little background. Uh, Kenny the Pirate started in the year 2007. It was because there was a Disney dream job that was combined with Disneyland and Career Builder, and they were looking for someone to play the role of a pirate for a day, an average guest. And they asked that we submit a 45-second video explaining how we could be a pirate, and they said in their words, do your best version of a yo-ho. So I did a yo-ho, and my yo-ho was basically a knockoff on the song, and I was stealing my daughter's change, or her stealing her Minnie Mouse, taking my, my kids' lunch money, drinking a grog of Dole Whip, and I, I was one of the winners, so I had the opportunity to travel to Disneyland and actually play the role, which was a blast. I honestly wish they had that sort of thing available every day because that was amazing, to just be able to mess around with people and uh, joke around and go up to kids and, and be like, hey, uh, can I have your, let me have your gold, and the kids would be like, oh, sure, and they would be willing to share their little Disney pin with me, and uh, so I was like, oh, that's, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't be taking your gold because it'd be cursing, you know, you can't take the kids' pins. So. Uh, or you'd walk over to someone wearing dark sunglasses and see those as eye patches. And so I, I was like, how can you see out of those, and double eye patches? Uh, just kind of fun stuff like that. That's how Kenny the Pirate was birthed. Uh, how the name came about was basically because I didn't have a... Um, I didn't have a great idea for a name. I tried a name, and I tried a few names on YouTube whenever we had to enter, and this was in 2007, and YouTube was still relatively new back then. And so I tried a few names in, in the comment section. Nothing really worked. Everybody had already taken a few of the names I wanted. I had to sort of quickly get it entered. So I was just like, I'll be Kenny the Pirate. And funny enough, the moniker stuck. We, we have been traveling with our family since... Probably 2000, 1999 or 2000 on a regular basis. I actually came to Orlando on my honeymoon in 1990. Uh, Roger Rabbit being one of the, the, the big things that we got. We got to meet Roger Rabbit, so that was pretty cool. I didn't see Roger Rabbit again until last summer when we went to Fan Fest over at uh, Disney Studios in Paris. So that was a long time before I had the opportunity to see Roger Rabbit and meet Roger Rabbit again. I just wave at him in some parade or something. 
So anyway, that's a little bit of a, a background of where that started. And then the website, com actually started because I was a part of other uh, like web discussion forums, and people were uh, asking the same questions frequently about character meet and greets, and characters were sort of our thing. We, we did the rides in the shows too, but we loved meeting new characters, especially my daughter Jordan. So we wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity to meet every character that was possible each trip. We'd do all the research. We made friends with cast members, and, and they were helping us to have information about where the characters were and what their schedules were. And I kept having to answer those same questions over and over and over and over on forums. And I thought, well, there has to be, there should be a resource to store this information. So that's where Kenny the Pirate was birthed from. And then my brother had the idea of saying, hey, why don't we start, at that time it was an Android app. So he said, why don't we begin an Android app and we'll create, create that and be called Character Locator and it'll help people find the characters. And it was very inexpensive and it only had character information. And then over a couple of other birthings, it's grown to the point where it has more information than any single Disney source. Uh, as a matter of fact, this evening, I was this afternoon, I was working on uh, some of the, 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 the Instagram-type walls, you know, where people like to get their picture made with the Instagram wall. And so I had a friend go out and take photos of the walls, take photos with the walls. So I'm going to add the Instagram walls. I added all the magic shots, all the press penny locations. Um, there's so much information in there. So that's kind of how that grew. And then the travel agency birthed out of that uh, last February. We started the travel agency. So that was just kind of one thing after another. So let's see. Vicky says, can I do a yo-ho? Yo-ho! be a pleasure being here with you. Let's see. What, what is my favorite park and why? So my favorite park has always been Hollywood Studios, but it was more so back whenever we used to have the backlot tour, and it actually felt like you were going through a movie. Like the old sound stage where you learned about how they mixed Foley sound, I love that. I, we used to do that multiple times, like two or three times a day, just because we loved it. And then it started changing. You know, the park started adapting as things do, changing, ebbing. Now it's more of a ride park than it was as like a feel the movie park, but it's still, I still enjoy it. Tower of Terror is my all-time favorite ride, even though I love Pirates. I don't love it as much since now they sell chickens, but, you know, chicken sales, that's a little weird for a pirate. I never never saw any uh, pirate chicken sales in my research of pirating, so that was different. Uh, but Hollywood Studios would be my favorite park, and now they're adding the new Galaxy's Edge, so that should be a blast, too, because once those are open, remember everything that I've read about it, how incredible those rides are going to be. I want to do those over and over and over and over. I also love Animal Kingdom because I, I love the animals. Uh, the rides are great, but I could ride the safari all day long if they'd leave me on the truck because I just love to look at animals and, and just the beauty and the awe that I have from those. My least favorite park, and some of you probably want to slap me in the face, is, is Epcot. I just don't really I don't connect with Epcot. I never have. We came on our honeymoon in 1990 when everything was original you know still back pretty much the way it was created and i kind of found it boring but that's just me so being honest don't hate me let's see uh i've met so many rare characters but there are any that have never been available that you would love to meet oh wow so recently disneyland did a an after hours event and don carnage was there i would have loved to met him and I actually had sort of had the chance to. So I could have bought a ticket for the event. I wasn't 
sure I was going to be in Hollywood or in California. So I was like, I don't know if I want to invest some money in something and not know what characters are there. Ended up, my son and I went there on his spring break so that he could experience how movies and television were made. We went to America's Got Talent. We went, went to American Ninja Warrior. We saw them being filmed. We went to the different studios. So we ended up being in the parks around the same time, and I missed the chance because I didn't buy the ticket. So, yeah, that's one of those kills, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Peter asks, is my love for Orlando the same as I first went? Yes. I, I, the only thing that's, that's, as you guys know, if you travel in the summer, the only thing that's bad about Orlando, it, there's two things. One is the heat and heat and humidity. July through September, you know, you just kind of want to be in the air condition all the time. It's just like, it's just so unbearably hot. The temperature predicted temperature may say 95 degrees but when you go into the magic kingdom and tomorrowland it's really like 108 and you're just walking around and just pouring sweat so you know, those afternoon breaks for the pool are definitely something that you'd want to take part in but that that part of it the other thing is i actually live on the west side of town so i didn't realize how much traffic there was going from my part of town to get to disney and then coming back the same traffic so there's a lot of bumper to bumper. I probably could have made a different selection in where I live, and I may in the future, but I have to wait until my youngest graduates high school before I make any other future moves. But still love living here. Still love going to the parks. It's, as a matter of fact, one of the fun things about going to the parks is seeing new stuff. So, like it seems like every few months, one of the parks is opening something new, and I get to go in and take a look at that. And that's a lot of fun. Oh, thanks, Michelle. I appreciate you supporting Character Locator. I'm glad you had a great time. Yes, Bob, we want the redhead. We do not want the chickens. I don't understand the whole love for chickens that, uh, that they have nowadays. That's just really weird to me. Let's see. Oh, you found Robin Hood, Gail. That's awesome. Congratulations. Robin Hood at Character Palooza. Yeah, Robin Hood's a blast whenever you get an opportunity to meet him in the parks because he's so unusual, so rare. Uh, what is my children's favorite character? Well, Annette, I can guarantee you that Debbie would tell you that her favorite character is Pluto because Pluto is her absolute favorite. As a matter of fact, back in 2012, she came up with the crazy idea of doing a character challenge. And we still lived in South Carolina at the time. So we penciled it out and thought about how we were going to do the, this character challenge that she wanted to do. And and we ended up meeting like 68, I think, characters in one day, different characters. And at the end of the day, the, the we went into uh, guest services, City Hall and Magic Kingdom, and the, just asking the cast member if he could make her a special button. You know, they said the number of characters that she had met. And so we got struck up a conversation, and the cast member there was like, oh, so you love Pluto. She's oh, Pluto is my all-time favorite. And she was just a little kid, so I guess she had some little kid points for her. And uh, so she went in and she uh, she told the guy the story. And so he comes back a couple minutes. He said, hold on just a couple more minutes. I've got something for you. He comes back with this really big plush, you know, like the, the larger size plush items. And it was a Pluto. And he gave that to her as a gift. But she still has that Pluto. So that's her all-time favorite. When my son was little, uh, Dash would have been his favorite. Of course, he's not immutable. You can't meet Dash. So any of the Incredibles that... Jordan used to play Violet, Nathan used to play Dash all the time, that would be running around the house, and Nathan was real quick, so he was like, shoo, 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 shoo. And 
running around and seeing what he could do. That, that was all a lot of fun. Will I be there? Kath asked if I will be there for the opening of Galaxy's Edge. Uh, yes, I actually I will be there. I will be there for the opening of the, of the one in Disneyland as well as the one in Disney World. As soon as I could confirm the dates for Disneyland, I booked my hotel. So I'm actually arriving a couple of days early and then staying a couple of days late. And then by having the on-site hotel, they're telling us that we're guaranteed to have at least one entry into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And that should be a lot of fun. My brother's coming with me. We, we both love Star Wars. He's even a bigger Star Wars geek than I am. He creates robots, uh, BB-8-type robots that roll around his actually role. But he has one of, one of the few that actually operate correctly. And not only that, but he has one that will do the little thumbs up. It has a little light, and it comes up. It's like, and it does a little thumbs up for it. So that's pretty cool. If you're taking a family on their first visit to Disney World, what is the first thing that you would do with them? See, most people are going to rush to the Magic Kingdom because the Magic Kingdom has the appeal of for a young child, right? You're going to go in, you're going to see Cinderella Castle, you're going to meet the princesses and Mickey Mouse. Typically, I suggest that people would go to one of the other parks first in order to keep their excitement going for wanting to go to the Magic Kingdom later. Because if you go to the Magic Kingdom first, most of the time you're kind of let down whenever you visit, like, like I said earlier, Epcot. I mean, maybe a kid feels that way. There's not as much to do there, so... Yeah, the Magic Kingdom's definitely a two- or three-day deal. And what ride would I take them on first? I think Haunted Mansion would be a great ride if the kids are up to something just a little bit scary. That would be a fun ride to start with. Uh, if they're real little, maybe Small World, just because it's cute and has a little song. Debbie used to love that. But I would probably divert them away from the Magic Kingdom to start with. Maybe go to Hollywood Studios and do Toy Story Land first. Our favorite character, meal. Favorite character meal. I have to give that some consideration. We recently did the one with Snow White and Queen, and that was a blast. We had a great time. It's expensive compared to many of the other meals, but we had a great time there. The, the food itself, some people don't really care for the food because it can be a little high-end. So that may be something that could be a little off-putting to people. But the character selection, you're going to end up meeting the Queen, Snow White, Dopey, and Grumpy. And you can get all of their autographs. So that's a pretty fun meal to go to. We used to, our favorite meal when the kids were little used to be Disney Junior, just because how much they loved all those Disney Junior characters that were there. But now that my kids are getting older, it's more like a little more mature, I suppose. But that, if you want to meet some unusual characters, I would say go to Hollywood and Vine, go to Polynesian, Ohana for breakfast, because then you get Lilo and Stitch. Uh, that's another fun one as well. So that, there, I guess there's a few options there. Gail asks, what has been my favorite challenge? Yeah, if you if you followed me since 2010 on Twitter, you know that I'm almost always doing some kind of crazy challenge. So I did the character challenge twice, and that's brutal on your body. It's fun to experience together, but you literally spend your entire day walking and standing, walking and standing. So the character challenge was fun, but it was really hard on your body then the other side of it would be if you're doing the ride the every ride challenge then you're trying to do 45 46 47 48 rides depending on how many you're currently operating and you're going to end up walk power walking over 20 miles not counting all of the in and out of your car park hopping around so that it's 
logistically, I say that's the most difficult challenge. Now, the, my favorite fun challenge is like just going out and doing everything you can do in one park. So, you know, Debbie and I have done that. We did it at Animal Kingdom. We've done it at Hollywood Studios. Jordan and I actually completed that challenge in Magic Kingdom several years ago because back then they didn't have those sorcerer windows and stuff like that. So we did every character meet, every ride, every show in one day. I think it was 75 then. But then on the 24-hour day, Jordan and I did 100 different things in one day. So those are my favorite challenges just because you don't have to hop around as much. But the most difficult challenge by far is the one that involves doing every ride. Who is the rarest meet in each park, Vicky says. See, you'd have to take part in Character Palooza or find an Epcot training meet in order to try to find what would be considered a rare character because every other character, well, I guess the flagpole right now also offers rare characters, but every other character meet in Disney World is very static. They don't change very much. We might lose one here, gain one there, you know, just a slight change here and there. So you're going to want to use the flagpole meet. You're going to want to use Epcot training. You're going to want to use character palooza so that you can meet, you know, Smee, Robin Hood. You, know, uh, you go to the flagpole, you're going to see, like, the other characters from Robin Hood as well. You have uh, Chicken Little and Abby Mallard, uh, Nick and Judy. So that's going to be the best way for you to find what we would consider here as a more rare character. Now, what's rare, you know, what's unusual here is definitely different than what you might find at Disneyland or even at Disneyland Paris. So that, that could be a little bit of a factor for you, too. How many hours do your groups take up each week? Do you have much downtime? I actually don't do very many things involving groups. Most of the time, I'm doing my own thing. Uh, I, I'm free to set my own schedule, but I'm a workaholic, so I do an enormous amount of work. And starting the travel agency was a big undertaking because I didn't realize how much work that was going to be just to get it started. We created our own client management system from the ground up because we are really unusual in how we do things. We don't have travel agents. So we, we're completely unusual in that respect. And that meant building things that fit our own need because of that. Um, downtime is really just de determined by what I feel like I need to do that day or what I need to accomplish, but it, it can vary. I mean, I could have some downtime during a week or I could have a really busy week, but I don't do too much as the way as the, the group type. The must-do thing in Disneyland. What is the must-do? Uh, Indiana Jones Adventure. You have to do Indiana Jones. And I'll probably stir a little hate again because I can't stand the Matterhorn. It's just too much banging me around. So I, I don't really like the Matterhorn, but I love Indiana Jones Adventure. I also I love uh, the new Incredicoaster version of California Screaming, what used to be Screaming. That's a, that's a really fun ride. And I love what they did with Guardians of the Galaxy ride that used to be Tower of Terror because their version of Tower of Terror in Disneyland is inferior to our version because it didn't have the same sort of technicality. It, it didn't move forward through the ride in the way that ours does. So it didn't tell the full story. But when they changed it to Guardians of the Galaxy, they did an excellent job with that. It's a lot of fun. So you would enjoy that as well. I like their Space Mountain versus our Space Mountain. I like their Pirates better than our Pirates. I like the building of their Haunted Mansion, the outside, the decor. But the inside, I prefer our Haunted Mansion. 
attention, actually. Except, well, I take that back. I like to have Fox Ghost over there. It, that's a pretty cool feature, too. My favorite Disney snack. Uh, I, I will agree with you on the pretzels. I like pretzels and cheese, but I also, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that has to go for the Mickey Premium Bar. I mean, you know, that's the, what I call the MPB. You have to have the MPB, right? So I, I've always been a person that loved the, the Mickey Premium Bar. So I always go for that as a snack for me. And then uh, I'm unusual also because I prefer the Dole Whip cut with vanilla. So I like to swirl. I don't like it just straight because it kind of blends the flavor a little bit for me, kind of tames it down a little bit. If I could only do one water park, would it be Blizzard Beach or Typhoon Lagoon? Now, let me qualify this by saying depends on how old your child is for one thing. Because the Blizzard Beach has a better child's play area. If your kids are, say, like 3 to 10, somewhere in that range, then they're going to love Blizzard Beach because of their water play area. It, you have all kinds of, like, ropes course type things, and you have this thing you swing out on and then drop into the water. But Typhoon Lagoon is also a blast because it has a, a terrific wave pool. It has the best wave pool around. It, and Crushing, uh, I always get the name wrong, <laughs> Crushing Gusher, is is a water roller coaster and that's a blast to ride on as well their new family water rides fun but i think i like the one in blizzard beach still better but it's kind of you know it depends on what you're looking for but blizzard beach would be better if you have younger children <laughs> yes paul it, to me it's always the magic kingdom not just magic kingdom that's right wishes are happily ever after joe i i'm I love Happily Ever After. I'm not going to knock that. It's a good show. Matter of fact, when I did the dream job in California, my friend Paul, his wife Jamie, actually sings a portion of the song. She sings the Merida portion. So there's a little attachment in that way, but Wishes still has my heart. It's, I mean, that's the one I started with, you know, Wishes, dream a dream, Wishes. Right, sing along, right? You guys singing with me? You should be singing with me. So there's like 25 of us here. We should all be singing Wishes. So Wishes is my favorite of those two. Which ride that now has gone would you bring back if you could? That's a good question. Which ride that went away would I bring back? Hmm. Probably Maelstrom. I, I think they did a nice job on the Frozen ride, but I like Maelstrom. It felt more like Norway to me. Having visited Norway, I, I like the feeling of the culture that Maelstrom had. Let's see, what's our next question? What's been the biggest change in the parks over the years? So there's been a couple of changes. One is all of the cuts from the hours. Like the parks used to be open in the summer, like 18 hours. You could start Magic Kingdom like 8 in the morning and go to 3 in the morning, 18, 20-hour days. Now, you see a lot of 9 to 11, 9 to 9, 9 to 11. So we don't have nearly as many park hours. We don't have as many late extra magic hours. Instead, they're flipping it over and selling it as a, a paid privilege. It's like $125 per person to have an additional three hours. So that's kind of one of the big the other one is that they move away from the idea of using original productions like Rock and Roller Coaster or Tower of Terror. Instead, everything is now being based on the IPs that they have available. So that's why all the rides that we're going to have coming up will be 
Like, we just got Toy Story Land. Next, we'll get Star Wars. We'll get Tron. We'll have Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll get a copy of the Ratatouille ride that's in Paris. So everything is kind of like the ideas aren't, there's no original ideas. Instead, it's all based on a movie. So that's another big change. And then, of course, things have cost more than they used to, but I guess life is that way as well. When Galaxy's Edge launches, do you think it will make all the parks busier or will everyone be in Hollywood Studios? So initially, people will want to run to Hollywood Studios. That's what happened with Pandora. That's what happened with Toy Story Land. You have at least a few weeks of people hitting one park pretty heavy. Then it sort of starts to ebb away, but it doesn't change the fact that the park with the new attraction will get busier and in addition to that more people will want to stay in galaxy's edge there's going to be more things to do there so like for example if you've visited pandora if you go in there there's two rides a gift shop a face painting place you know just there's not much there a, place, a nice place to eat i, I like the food in satuli canteen a great deal but there's not a whole lot to actually do while you're there you walk around a little bit you look you Okay, this place is nice, and then you want to come back at night, you want to see the ground and everything all lit up. So that part of it is nice. But Galaxy's Edge will be unique because it's going to be more like um, Harry Potter in the sense that you're going to have things to interact with. You're going to be building your reputation on the rides. So like when you're riding the Millennium Falcon, you're actually being a part of flying that. So this is going to be a ride that you're going to want to play a lot in order to adjust your reputation. You're going to buy the $159 lightsaber and see if it somehow interacts with things within the land. It'll be a little different experience. So there's, it's going to keep more people in the land longer than most of the other lands. But you will see, you know, an, an increase in crowds will happen. But it's not going to be like maybe 6% over for the year, 8% maybe. But you're not looking at like 23% or 117 percent or anything like that so it, it will get busier toy story land increased hollywood studios already and it also made it more difficult to maintain with the fast pass situation so in the same way galaxy's edge will do that annette asked what is palooza you'll find that information on character locator it's called a character palooza it's in hollywood studios and what do i think of the new gondola i think that It'll be a cute diversion. I just don't think I'd want to be in it during a storm or pray that it doesn't break down in the summer because it's basically just ventilated windows that will have a covering with characters. It'll be cute. It'll, they, they look to be moving pretty fast in the testing phase, so it looks like they can get you from one place to the next pretty quickly. But the heat of the summer and if that thing breaks down i really would hate to see what's going to take place if that's that's the case so i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see but uh, it doesn't sound like that's the place i'd want to be in the middle of the summer thanks for singing along with me there ladies hi tim let's see do you have any insight into how the gondolas will be managed so you're basically going to have uh an on and off point at epcot and on and off point at Hollywood Studios, and then there's a transfer station. So it, you're, if you want to get from place to place, you're going to have a transfer station in order to get from one place to the other. So that's kind of how it's going to work for you to be able to get off and get back on. Uh, 
Yes, some gondolas would be empty, some would not be, depending on, like, if you're going to Pop Century, that's the first drop-off point. So, you know, there may be still some gondolas that have people on them as they pass you. I, I mean, you really can't predict what kind of line we're going to have, but I'll go and test it out for you guys and report back on my site as to what actually takes place with it. They, they are a pretty efficient form of transportation to continue to move people in with a sense of how it saves on energy and fuel, it's a lot cheaper to run than it would be to run a bus system, but they're still going to be running buses. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I think they're just hoping that it'll kind of help transport people to those two parks because Studios has added Toy Story Land. It's adding Galaxy's Edge. Epcot in the next couple of years will add Guardians of the Galaxy, change the whole entry area, remove interventions, begin building something new in there and then add the Ratatouille ride. So those are both going to have an uptick in popularity. So I could see that moving around a bit. How often do I visit the parks? Typically two or three days a week. That would be normal for me to be in the parks in some way, uh, two or three days a week. My favorite Disney hotel. Okay, well, that one's a little bit trickier. Love Animal Kingdom Lodge if you give me a Savannah view. If I have the Savannah, then I'm Animal Kingdom Lodge. If I'm a regular view, not as much. Beach Club is a lot of fun. I love the zero entry pool. I love the sand bottom. And my kids grew up on that uh, that pirate slide. So, you know, being a pirate, you have to go to a pirate slide, right? If I was going to do the monorail line, then my favorite hotel would be the Polynesian. I just love Polynesian culture and feel. I love the music. It makes me feel like I'm in Hawaii. Uh, Contemporary is nice, too, because you can just walk from there to the Magic Kingdom in the morning and not have to worry about the monorail being broken or that sort of thing so you can just walk over how does universal rate against disney uh well disney always is going to rate higher for me i enjoy going to universal with my daughter or with my son when he's in town uh it's different it's rock and roll versus light pop <laughs> you know it's loud literally like it's loud there everywhere you go the music is loud it's but there's a lot of great thrill rides. So if you're into heavy-duty thrill rides, then it's a great park for that because they have a number of great coasters. They're adding even more coasters. They're opening the new Hagrid's motorcycle coaster this summer, and then another year or two, they're going to open another one that's Jurassic Park-themed. So I think there's a few things in Universal that are really lame, like the Fast and the Furious is just not worth your time at all. It's so lame. It's like watching this really weird cartoon that surrounds you instead of actually riding a ride. King Kong is the same basic thing, except it has two or three show scenes, so it's not quite as bad. And then it ends with a really awesome animatronic. King Kong animatronic at the end is pretty awesome. But uh, Universal is good. It's fun. Uh, Harry Potter stuff is top-notch. Like, they put a lot of detail into the Harry Potter stuff. But some of the things could be, like, hit or miss. just kind of depends. You will get soaking wet, though. Let me tell you, if you go to Iowa and Islands of Adventure and you ride their water rides, you will get drenched. So if you want to get drenched in the summer, that's the way to go. If I were going to visit Universal, I would get at least a one-night hotel because if you get a one-night on-site hotel, if you're staying at Royal Pacific, Portofino, or Hard Rock, then you're going to get Unlimited Express as well as early entry into their park. And Unlimited Express is the way to do Universal or just any Express because you're just going to walk around riding rides. It, you don't have to stress. You don't have to make a huge plan. 
you just use character locator to know where the characters are at, have a familiarity with their schedules and stuff, some shows. But the, it's really a breeze using their, their their version of Express versus Fast Pass because over here with Fast Pass, it's uh, you have to master it. I mean, you need to earn a master's degree in how to use Fast Pass. So I'm adding even more content for Character Locator just to explain those things more. But if you look at the Rides tab uh, for any any of the parks except Magic Kingdom for Disney World. Now you'll find some really good tips on how to use Fast Pass in the parks. For, for Disney, but it takes a lot of time. Like, for example, when we were talking earlier about doing the challenge, the Every Ride Challenge, when I did it with Debbie back in February, her response to me was, she's like, you know, Dad, I enjoyed spending time with you today, but we hardly got to talk because we were on our phones all day. And I, I joked back with her, and I was like, well, how often is it that a parent's going to tell your child, hey, play on your phone all day? Yeah, but you're literally you're on your phone constantly in Disney World trying to get that next fast pass so that you can have the next thing. But it depends if you, if you want to take it as a vacation, you have a longer uh, holiday, as you guys would say. So you have a longer holiday, then take it at a more relaxed pace, then you're still okay here too. Not so scary or very Merry Christmas. Not so scary. I love the villains. I wish we had all the really cool villain meets back. I used to have the, the villains mix and mingle. I loved that. That was so much fun to go down and meet those characters after they did that little short show. But it's still my favorite. It has the better parade, has the better fireworks show, which from what I understand, they're, they're blessing the fireworks show this year. It's going to be different. So I'm hoping that that's a big improvement with them using the projections on the castle for the first time. <laughs> Paul said he loves Fast and the Furious. I love Fast and the Furious for movies, but I don't really love the ride. It's, sorry, it's just to me, it's like, I don't know. I didn't see the sense in it. I've done it a couple of times, and it just seemed like it wait forever for no reason. Uh, Rob said he enjoys Pooh's breakfast lasagna at the Crystal Palace. Yeah, I like the breakfast lasagna as well. It's really good. And, and the strawberry soup, when you go to 1900 Park Fair, you have to do the strawberry soup. Uh, worst character I have seen worst character. Wow, that's a challenge. I think what would be I guess one time we met um, Prince John and when they did the photo, the flash showed it so that you could actually see that uh, Prince John was probably some kid named John. So I guess that was kind of the worst experience, but I don't know, I'm other than that I'm not sure I mean, I don't really connect with Duffy because I don't do the Duffy books, but I'm not against Duffy, but I don't know. The worst character is kind of a tricky question, I guess. Peter said, tell the viewers how you can find Character Locator. So that's Character Locator is located at characterlocator.com. It is a subscription site, but it's not very expensive. And right now it's $10.99 for an entire year. But if you use a coupon that we have, it's called SAVE20, S-A-V-E-2-0. You use SAVE20, then you get 20% off. So you're only actually paying like $8.79 for a subscription. It allows you to have access to all of our crowd calendar information, has a chat room so that I'll answer all of your questions or other people answer questions as to what's going on within the parks, character information. So like, for example, Epcot Training, Character Palooza, Flagpole Meets, people report hey, this is the characters that are there today, so that way it helps other people. Sorry, my nose is keep itching. 
that helps other people to be able to, to locate those characters. It's worth every dime. I mean, there's so much information crammed in there. Every character meet, every show, every ride, all the dining, every snack is marked, whether it's a snack or not. I have all of the festival menus with those marked and the prices, every magic shot, I mean, you name it. And I'm constantly adding more things to it. So character locator is worth every penny that you would spend. And you're going to spend thousands on your vacation and then worry about whether or not $9 is going to help you. You know, if you got one tip from character locator, maybe one interaction with a character or met one character you never met, or you did two more rides than you would have done in the day, you probably you, you made the $9. That's American, by the way. $9 American. But, so, you know, use that coupon. Use that discount code. Save 20 and you can save that. How does character Palooza work? That's fully explained for you on there for you. That's one of those things that's kind of proprietary of uh, let's see, do you worry that the cost to access the parks is increasing at an alarming rate? I don't know if it's controversial, Paul. I think it's honest to be able to discuss that. I wrote a few years ago, maybe three, three or four years ago now, that I could foresee that Disney was wanting to turn the parks into a little more of a deluxe uh, person, deluxe client, because the parks were becoming so busy. Uh, they've already made adjustments, for example, in California by eliminating certain annual passes or raising the cost of the annual passes. Like the, I remember paying $600, 609 for my deluxe annual pass in Disneyland a couple of years ago. And then yesterday when I renewed and it didn't give me any discount, it was $899. So it, yeah, it does get more expensive and it, it will price some people out of the market, but it's also a trade-off in order to try to keep the parks, whether or not constantly jammed where you're not really enjoying yourself because there's just too many people. So there's a balance that has to take place there. Plus, they're a for-profit corporation, and they're going to try to make every penny that they possibly can. So there's that part of it as well. If you could advise Disney to do one new thing in the park, what would it be? I would say that you go back to, like, they're doing the flagpole thing now, and that's fun. But go back to the point where you had these characters that would just show up in the main streets in town square or come in on a bus at Epcot. Or back when I first started calling Character Palooza Character Palooza, they had 20 characters. You know, it was a massive amount of really cool characters, and now it's, you know, six, something like that. So that's something that I would say, that you'd, you'd want to bring out more characters because it seems like they forget that people like that people will actually book entire trips because they know for sure one character is there i have a friend he said if i can know for sure exactly what day chicken little will be in magic kingdom then i'm going to book to come that day that that's how important some of those meet and greets are for some of the guests so that's one thing that i would do differently in the park uh another thing cap that i would do differently is i would put shade into in uh, toy story land you know, if you ever went to California Adventure, they had these giant three-leaf three, and three leaf clovers and one four-leaf clover. So I would take those giant clovers and stick those things in Andy's backyard because, you know, it, it's everything I can do to keep clover from growing in my backyard, and I live in Florida. So, you know, maybe uh, put some clovers in there and get some shade because ew, that place is brutally hot. Worst character has to be interactive, Mickey. Well, Interactive Mickey's gone, so we only are left with regular Mickey now. 
but it was a little weird. Like he would ask Mickey a question and then he would answer you about something else. He'd be like, Hey Mickey, where's Minnie? And he'd be like, Hey, have you seen that tall house over there on the hill? What? <laughs> we weren't talking about a house on the hill. We we're talking about Minnie Mouse. So yeah, that part of it was a little odd, but yeah, unfortunately interacted with Mickey is now gone. Are Mickey and Minnie's houses ever coming back to the Magic Kingdom? They are not. No. That area has been taken over by Storybook Circus, so we will not see them. Thanks, Kat. I appreciate the comments. Worth three times the cost. It's very nice of you. Thanks, Bob, for leaving the link behind. And thank you, Gail. Are there any rides you would like to see brought back? Yeah, we answered that one earlier. So, uh, yeah, it's fun to just see characters jump in and play. Like, uh, someone on my on my crew page the other day posted a video of her daughter dancing with Bert. I get up this morning, my, my cable TV is automatically tuned where I wake up to show the news in my area. And when I woke up, I saw the video, that video that was in my group on the TV where they were like, hey, this, look at this little girl dancing with Bert. So sometimes those kind of interactions where you're playing with the characters, those are missing these days. Like I remember a few years ago when my kids were small, I took Nathan and Jordan into the Magic Kingdom. They had this thing. It was uh, just for, like, little kids. It was a special offering for, like, a couple of months. They had the doodle bops were here and stuff like that. And we were in the Magic Kingdom, and we went in for that morning, and we saw Peter Pan. So my son loved Peter Pan and Captain Hook. So he runs over to Peter Pan. He's like, hey, Pete. And Peter Pan's like, hey, would you guys like to play with us? And my son and daughter are like, yeah. So they sit down on the ground. And Peter Pan and Wendy and Captain Hook, and they're all sitting there playing these little fun games with the kids on the ground. That, I mean, that, for them, as well as me, is one of the best memories we've ever had. And it didn't involve uh, a book or a dance party. You know, it didn't involve having to stand in a giant line. They can still have those kind of interactions sometimes in Disneyland, but we don't see it very often here. So when you see it, see Bert playing with a kid at Palooza or at training or something like that, then that's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks, Bob. You know, the difference that it can make, your know, character locator can make for the Halloween party or the Christmas party, because I keep all the information there, that can be huge for you. I mean, you, you can do 10, 12, 15 things in a night while other people are struggling to do three or five, because you know where to go, when to go, like, you know, when to line up for the character so that you're always ahead of everyone else and not having to chase them. Annette asked, what topping would I put on a funnel cake? I would have to have strawberries on my on my funnel cake with some whipped cream. So, I, I don't know, do you guys call it whipped cream or just cream? So, uh, whipped cream. So, we, I have to have some strawberries and whipped cream. That's my favorite. My favorite festival. I, the reason I love flower and garden best is because I love all the beautiful topiaries and the flowers so that's why I would choose that festival as my favorite I, I, I know this might sound weird coming from a pirate but I don't consume alcohol so alcohol isn't really an appeal to me to taste alcohol so uh, I, I avoid it because it hurts me so I don't like to hang out with things that hurt me so I, I don't do alcohol so the, the wine aspect isn't cool the food aspect hit or miss for me sometimes I'm not a foodie so you don't see a lot of food reviews from me because of that. I tell people I have a very Southern American palate where, you know, if you fry it, then I'll probably eat it. But uh, I, I'm, 
you know, I'm not really the foodie kind, I'm not a high-end fruit fruit person, so I'm more interested in, in what things happen. I also love the Festival of the Arts because of all of the entertainment that they offer. That's pretty fun as well. If I had a fifth Disney park, I will it happen. Um, Rob, I don't think we're going to see a fifth Disney park for a long time because they can continue to expand on the parks that are already here. And building one from the ground up would probably cost them like $3 billion or something. So I don't see them building an additional park. I, what I'd like to see them do is negotiate to get Marvel back from Universal. Because it's not really a great partnership anyway. Universal can't grow that property. They're, they have had the same characters in their park forever. And we don't have access to those characters. But we, get, like, we can get the Guardians. We had Doctor Strange for a very short time. So we're missing out on a big element of what Disney can do with the Avengers and things like that. You know, even the Fantastic Four, we, we don't have access to those kind of characters. So I would like to see Disney negotiate their way with uh, Universal. Maybe give them back the Simpsons and Family Guy and some of that other stuff and get the, get the Avengers back. Catherine, when do I think the gondolas will open? I actually think they're going to open this by this summer. They were originally telling everyone they were going to open by the fall, but it, from appearance, it looks as though they are pretty close to being ready. Uh, there's still a few gondolas that they're adding in. They're still doing some testing, but it, it looks pretty close to being finished, so maybe there's some paint jobs that need to be done here and there, but I don't think it's going to take as long as what they had expected before they opened that, and I'm sure that they would like to have it open before Galaxy's Edge opens in the late, in late uh, stumbling around in late August. I'm going to drink a, <coughs> take a swig of water if you guys don't mind. Uh, sorry about that. It's probably not proper for video, but <coughs> needed some water. Vicky says her favorite interaction was where Baloo just appeared and took my boy off for a little walk. It was an excellent interaction and no other people. Yeah, see, those are kind of fun. You're just playing with the character, just having fun together. You get to take a little video of your kids doing that. It, and, and in my case, my phone was like one of those old flip phones, so I have a really tiny video of them playing with the character, but it still there's a, a memory of that happening for me. Yeah, as I said, Goat, sorry, I'm not really, a, I don't drink alcohol. So for me, drinking around the world would be like, you know, getting a slushy, uh, you know, going going and getting a shave ice in Japan or something like that. I'm not really a, a drinking around the world guy, sorry. It, I know it seems weird to people, but, you know, if you do some research on Black Bart, Black Bart was, was a teetober as well. So I guess I'm more along his line, feared, but don't drink alcohol. <laughs> Are there any rides that bore me? Uh, yeah, let's see. It's time to get flamed, I'm sure. Carousel of Progress. Like, after about four minutes, my eyes start to get heavy. And every time I do one of those every ride challenges, it's like, uh, I'm getting sleepy. So it's like really hard to stay awake. So that one's boring to me. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I don't really like Mission Space too much. Not something I really connect with, especially the new green version, because it just really it doesn't do anything. That's not something I'm terribly in. The Muppets, I know a lot of people love the Muppets. Uh, I, you know, I like the Jason Siegel version of the Muppets. That was a lot of fun. I love Walter Muppet. Uh, I love the characters, but 
Muppet movie, it needs to either be updated or something will happen. And I'm just taking a wild guess, but I think eventually Star Wars will probably end up taking that area over as well. So that whole chunk of land may eventually become Star Wars. But like I said, that's just my own guess. What do I think of Ghirardelli's ice cream and how does it compare to Beaches and Cream now that it's closed? Closing. Um, so uh, Ghirardelli's has really good ice cream, actually. I, I, if I was given a choice between one ice cream over the other, I would go to Ghirardelli's and get an ice cream. I'd get like, like the earthquake kind of thing. Get the big, the, the large one to share. It'd be the similar to getting the kitchen sink. I would go to Ghirardelli's if it was just for the flavor of the ice cream because Beaches and Cream is basically using Eddie's ice cream. It's the same thing that you're going to get in the Magic Kingdom. So, I mean, I like the burgers. I like the feeling of going to Beaches and Cream, and I like the attempt to try to clean out the kitchen sink. But the ice cream itself, I actually prefer a Ghirardelli's. So there's, Peter says there's a, always a debate on it's a small world, am I a lover or a hater? Uh, I mean, it, it's okay. if it's just me, just ride and ride, ride small world, so I'm doing a challenge. Uh, otherwise, I'm probably going to avoid it. It was Debbie's favorite ride for a long time. Like, we had to do that every trip, maybe two or three times a day because she loved it. But as she's gotten older, she's also seen more of the appeal toward more thrill rides so I would say I'm not really a hater I'm just more of an avoider I guess is the word uh, yeah Joe asked a question I just answered that's funny about if I fall asleep yeah I have fallen asleep on, on Carousel of Progress and I like the people mover though now the people mover is fine I, I like the wind blowing through my lack of hair um, I, like, uh, I like I like going in and out of the rides brief air conditioning moments the people mover is a lot of fun, but to me, Carousel of Progress, I only do that for challenge things. I just don't really have an appeal. What's the very best time for Brits to visit? Typically, Bob, the best times to visit were going to be in like mid-September, right before Thanksgiving, but not during Jersey Week, and the two weeks before Christmas. Those are typically the perfect times to visit, especially the two weeks before Christmas because then you have all of the Christmas stuff going on. Everything is active. All of the Epcot Christmas, all the decorations are already installed, the Christmas parties running. And usually you're looking at light to moderate crowds and really nice weather. So, and for that sake, I would say go with the two week period right before Christmas break here in America. Do I think the 20th Century Fox will bring anything to the park? No, I really don't. I don't, I don't foresee Disney using Fox properties in the Disney parks. I can see them being grateful for the fact that they've reacquired things like Pandora or, or Avatar. Sorry, Pandora's a land name. Uh, they can be grateful that they now own the rights to Avatar. They own the rights to the Fantastic Four. They, you know, they own the the X Men. So I think in that respect, Star Wars, because Fox owned the rights to Star Wars. Uh, so there are a lot of different elements that fit what Disney wants to do, has done, and is going to do from the Fox properties, uh, Indiana Jones, things like that. But there are a lot of things 
like the Family Guy and the Simpsons and all that, I don't think Disney has any concern for those and would be happy to continue to license them to Universal if they don't negotiate their way out of it. I, but like I said earlier, I wish that they would just sit down together and make a negotiation and say, you can have all of your Marvel properties back and then we'll give you this stuff instead. Would a monorail or boat to the Magic Kingdom? How hot is it? <laughs> and, and, and is the monorail even running? That's the other thing, right? Because you never know when that silly monorail is going to be running. So uh, if it's really hot outside, monorail. If it's pleasant day, I'd rather take the ferry boat because I, I like the, the feeling of being out on the water. And, and that's one of those things to me that's kind of fun about it. It's like uh, you, look, you look at the, the water and, and you think, oh, you know, what do you say? I might want to be out here riding around driving one of those boats. So. <laughs> All right, so i got time for a couple more questions, and then I'll let you guys go, and we can have another question and answer another, another time, if Kat would like, and we'll get it working properly the next time. So what is my opinion of Flight of Passage? I think Flight of Passage is a great ride. I call it soaring on a motorcycle. Uh, I love the ride. I love the reaction that I hear from other guests when they ride it for the first time because they're in awe of, of what's going on on the ride. So I love the ride. And you definitely want to use the tips on Character Locator in order to get those fast passes, because I, I could ride five times in a day with no problem. Uh, I, I love doing that ride. But the Safari is still number one for me in Animal Kingdom. Uh, if I was going to make a comparison for the Star Wars rides, what would they be like? I don't know that there would be anything like them, but let's say that you took Star Tours and Mission Space married them together and made them great, you would create the Millennium Falcon because all the buttons and switches will actually work and you're going to be surrounded by video in a six-person pod. And I think Rise of the Resistance is going to be like Spider-Man at Universal but on much more grand scale. So that's probably the best I can do for a comparison. So thank you, Annette. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Linz. Thanks, Elaine. Paul, thank you to everyone who came. I hope you enjoyed hanging out with me. And like I said, hopefully we can do this again in the future and we'll have it working in the correct way so that Cap can appear with you. So thanks again and enjoy your evening.